With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast yes. where life is not that bad if you just play oh. the right kind of video games. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. As as a segue <laughs> from a joke that you'll hear after the show, I would uh stay tuned, listen to the whole thing for some <laughs> bonus material. I of uh, George kind of being nihilistic. I'm yes. not nihilistic. Okay, I was talking with a friend of mine. I've been playing Dark Souls 3 this week. Oh, that's why you're nihilist. I'm not nihilist. Well, it is like kind of a you know nihilistic <laughs> aesthetics. But anyways, um, no, Dark Souls 3 is great. I think it's great. But I was talking to a friend who went from Dark Souls 2 to Dark Souls 3. He loves the first game, not DS2 as much. Never played all the way through Bloodborne because he doesn't have a uh-huh. PS4. And the thing is, Dark Souls 3 does borrow a lot of like elements, tricks, stuff that they learned and aesthetics too from Bloodborne. Like I guess in 2014, all of a sudden FromSoft decided they really like tricorn hats, which makes sense for Bloodborne because <laughs> it's a, a kind of Victorian setting. People right. weren't wearing tricorn hats, but it is less removed from a medieval setting than yeah. than it is in Dark Souls 3 when all of a sudden people are wearing tricorn hats. But anyways, um, I, I he, he's absolutely enamored by Dark Souls 3. He thinks it's like sublime and great so far. And I think it's great, but not like sublime yet. I'm still waiting for some good mid-game twists. And he was just like, oh, come on, man. You're just being cynical. And I don't think it's cynicism. It's like, no, there's a law for this. The law of diminishing returns. If you break that law, you're not a, a cynic. You're, you're a criminal. You're breaking the law. The law of diminishing returns. George doesn't like fun again. I don't have fun. I'm having fun. Listen, this is my fun voice. <laughs> that sounds like your gun to your head voice. <laughs> right. Gun to your head? Yeah, as in someone has a gun to your head and they're saying that you need to say things like you're having fun. Oh. And then you go, I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were See, saying you, like you're, gun you're white, to your so head. So you don't even like... know what that, you know, that is to have a gun point. <laughs> gun to my head? I don't know what a gun is, nor why it would be pointed at my I head. I play video games. I know what death and violence and sadness are. <laughs> You're like, they're trying to make a case of why you're human. I'm human, guys, I swear. That quote is great in several contexts. Anyway, go on. Um, So let's see. Uh, I I will admit, though, I have been salty all week because Counter-Strike Go has become terrible. Hooray. Starting at Monday, I found out that uh, there is no way to skip a really annoying grind i've not been looking forward to doing ever since they released an update that requires you to grind to be able to play the competitive mode which is the good mode in counter-strike go Mm. all the other modes are some variant on stupid mode but starting last year in order to curb smurfing they require new accounts to do an eight-hour grind and apparently old accounts too because i 
played the oh. game for years, but took a break for about a year and now want to come back into it and find out either I either don't want to or I'm going to have to grind for eight hours through stupid mode to get to level three. Hopefully it takes eight hours. God damn. Um, but it really became disgusting and genuinely made me mad when I noticed that friends of mine who want to play with us on this Counter-Strike night we're going to have tonight they bought the DLC for six bucks and unlocked missions that gave them like enough XP per mission that they did this three eight hour grind in one hour. Hooray. And like Damn. if we all had to do the grind equally, I would be mad, but I would not be as like, oh, I, I was a wreck Monday when I was looking at how slow this meter was filling up and realizing that there was actually with with how much stuff I had scheduled to do this week, and let's be honest, I just want to play Dark Souls anyway, there was no way I was going to be able to get to level three by the time my friends wanted to play Counter-Strike with me at the end of the week, and that's a horrible feeling. Mm. It's fucking Counter-Strike. Like, how... Right. Like, like finding five friends to play a good all-round of Counter-Strike with is now really, really hard to do because you actually have to find five friends who have surpassed the point of this grind that you gotta do now. And granted, this is... CSGO is not free to play like TF2, right? Mm, it's fifteen dollars. Yeah. Okay, fifteen's not too bad, but like that's yeah, I mean, part of the problem actually. The reason they did it in the first place was to curb smurfing, which right. I just be like, oh god, okay, that's horseshit. But I guess I'll put up with it. But now with this DLC thing, it seems like it's kind of there to push DLC sales, which I think is absolutely disgusting. Hmm. Yeah. I mean. Seems like the the usual microtransaction model, but yeah. when Payday does it, everyone loses their shit. And when Counter-Strike does it, everyone doesn't even care. Well, when Payday did it, people lost their shit because the stuff you could pay for gave you what were like they were weapons that had better stats than weapons you can get for free. So you were paying for a more powerful thing to fight in the multiplayer, and, and essentially giving you a pay to win. This edge. one is just time, which yeah. is I, mostly the micro transaction tends to tends to, you know, but, but I don't know if area. it's like any better or worse, like locking off a competitive playing edge is horrible horseshit. Locking off being able to play competitively at all is also terrible horseshit. I mean, I don't want to back up microtransactions because I think they all suck and I think we could do without them unless it, in very specific situations they could be done right. But Cosmetics. Is, your, is your anger stemming from the fact that you just realized this this week and you had to grind through the week instead of like, if you realized this a month ago and this day was planned a month in advance, would you have as much salt towards this? I probably wouldn't. And the thing okay. is, I knew about this a year ago. I did not know about the DLC thing until this week. That, like that pushed it over the edge, but so did the time pressure of friends wanting to play Counter-Strike on a stream this Thursday. Oh, shit, mm -hmm. which I still haven't tweeted about, but I think mm -hmm. our solution now is to actually like find five fans and just like get them in a team and pretend to play competitive mode because the casual <laughs> modes in Counter-Strike are 10v10 and the game really isn't built to play like that. Right. And, like you want to play like the the good modes. I do. All the other modes in Counter Strike are stupid mode. Cas competitive mode's the good one, unless you want to just shoot the shit and load up a dedicated server and relax. But I don't want to do that. So so my choices here are limiting. Mm -hmm. Oh oh, Jimmy, you just uh you just typed in the outline that you've been playing Overwatch. 
I, I just remembered because we were talking. I'm really about... interested in Overwatch these days because I feel Have like you... that's going to fill a Counter Strike shaped hole in my heart. That granted it was filled by Rainbow Six Siege, but only my rich friends play Rainbow Six Siege because it's still sixty bucks. <laughs> well, okay. I, I mean, I, I will. I will talk when you are done with your. I, I am you... totally done. I want to hear about totally Overwatch. Done. I'm really interested in Overwatch. Okay. Uh, first thing, I I don't play. Counter-Strike at all, I never really have. So I don't know if it'll fill a Counter-Strike shaped hole in your heart, but if you have a TF2 shaped hole in your oh, heart, goddamn, this I is going to... big TF2 shaped hole in my heart. That, this Overwatch is fucking... Goddamn, dude. That was the most fun I've had... Really? ...with a multiplayer game in so goddamn long. Like, bar, barring, like, Duck Game. Wow. Uh, because Duck really? Game, Duck game wow. sets a high standard. Um, <laughs> I love that's high praise, dude. <laughs> the gold standard for multiplayer gaming these days is fucking duck game. It's so fucking good. Okay, I know. If, everyone out like... there, I will shill all day for duck game. <laughs> go buy that fucking game. Go tweet at Landon and tell him he's a nice man. But the fact he's... that it's like just like that guy, like Landon, this like sarcastic metalhead who's yeah. just like making this stupid ass duck game that he thinks is hilarious is the gold standard that fucking over watch is i think that's great i think that's hilarious i mean granted i only got like okay the so i played in the stress test closed beta mm-hmm. uh i thankfully got in finally we'd been able to pretty much confirm my suspicions about overwatch which is that it's going to be a fucking great game and yes it's a fucking great game uh why though what's what's okay. different about a shooter because i'm just in this realm of like uh shooters whatever all right so the whole deal with this and with a bunch of others that are kind of in the similar vein, but they're not that like I'm hearing that they're not very similar in the end, like Battleborn and Paragon and all that is they're like crossbreeding elements from MOBAs and uh, FPSs. So your characters all are. For, I think the game that this most feels like is definitely Team Fortress 2 because um, the the physics, the way you move, the way that you do your the, like your abilities and like the like the kind of rock paper scissors that all the characters have with each other where like oh this like you know oh they have a Widowmaker. somebody switched to genji because he's like he's the sniper destroyer like that character is like meant to get in back lines and take out snipers like there, there's a lot of that going on where you'd see that in fucking tf2 where yeah. it's like mm-hmm. you know oh they have a sniper we need a spy on our team because that sniper is just ruining us um and you know there's 21 characters and they all sort of dynamically sort of counter each other 21 is a fuckload it is but the thing is is that like ah god it's so hard to put into words because i didn't play it for too long it was a 36 hour beta and i played i'd say like maybe six hours max i didn't play that much i did play enough to know who like what characters i like playing what characters i'm not good at and they seem to have something for everybody Whereas like TF2 had something for everybody, but I I don't know. It's hard to describe. There are characters that, you know, are good for someone who wants to stay really back and play patient. There are characters who are best for like rush down up in your face. There are melee characters. There are, I don't know. It's fucking crazy. And the, the good thing for people coming from TF2 is there seems to be like a one-to-one character with all the TF2 classes. So like, you have something that you can feel familiar with. Like I played Demo Man in TF2. Demo Man was my thing. I loved Demo Man. I love sticky jumping. I love the grenade launcher. I loved all that. And the character Junkrat 
is essentially the demo man. He doesn't have sticky bombs, but he has a little like mine that you can throw. And when it explodes, it shoots people back and it makes you shoot back and you take no fall damage. So you can just use it to essentially sticky jump. He has a grenade launcher. It's exactly like the demo's grenade launcher. And so I felt really at home playing him because he functioned like a character I was familiar with. But then they have like ultimate abilities because it's like kind of inspired by MOBAs a little bit. And so like Junkrat's ability when he charges it up and you charge it up by like doing what your class is good at. So like dealing damage or hitting people back or stopping other people from doing something. His ultimate is he like winds up a little like motorized tire with spikes on it and you drive it into the enemies and explode it and it does a bunch of damage. It's so oh, much fun. Is it, is it a drone kind of it's, tool? It's kind of, yeah. And and like people can shoot it and destroy it before it blows up and stuff. And I don't know this. I feel like I feel like this is the logical step from TF2 because yeah. I went back and played TF2 last night because me and my friend kind of getting bored of Diablo 3 and we played some TF2 and I was like, this is fun, but I understand what Overwatch is doing that I am having more fun with. And it's kind of refreshing to see these kinds of games crop up these days. Like, I feel like we're we're kind of having a 2004 thing going on where vastly different companies are looking at other games that have already existed and been and they're just like, oh, we can do this better. Like very yeah. much in the way that Rainbow Six Siege is Counter-Strike, but better right i i it's it's so clear how overwatch is tf2 is old as shit and they never made a tf3 let's just do right. that and not only that but like they had i had a discussion with todd about this and granted they i think are my my definition his definition of world building are a little bit different but the way that they fleshed out the overwatch world and like the story and sort of the like lead in to overwatch as like an entity like yeah, it's, they have it's blizzard quality lore. oh my god they they have like eight minute six minute animations that are just like they're like literally there's one of them where there's this cool fight in like a museum of like old stuff it's like an overwatch museum because overwatch is like out of commission as in the present day of the game but like it's just this cool like pixar style animation where there's like a lot of funny to it and a lot of like emotion but it's also a cool fight scene and it's also really well animated it's crazy i'm like obsessed i went from like pretty interested to obsessed in a weekend like not gonna lie i yeah yeah you were, yeah. Yeah, you were saying that it's kind of like a moba does it have minions no no i mean moba as in like the the hero mechanics is okay. where it draws inspiration from mobas paragon and battleborn they have minions and stuff right for those sure. are more played, similar to mobas from what i hear yeah I, I, I if they're gonna pick one i feel like overwatch is gonna win i mean i've only played battleborn i haven't played paragon but i've watched a few paragon and i mean that looks it looks pretty good but I don't know, like playing Battleborn, it feels like just like you can't match, you know, that that Blizzard money, you know, mm. <laughs> you can't yeah. match that. And it's I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to see what happens, but um, I, I got to play it again. I played a little bit of the beta, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Go, go ahead, George. You're going to say it, something. Is it fast? I feel like I've asked I, that before. I think it is. I mean, like if you think TF2 is fast, then you'll probably think this is fast. Scout I mean, on TF2 levels of fast. Uh, there are characters like that. Tracer okay, obviously is like is is the scout. Uh, like 
I, I don't know what to like a doppelganger like the, the scout equivalent yeah she i mean she doesn't have a shotgun or anything but she does she has like jumps and she moves really fast and stuff um but a lot of characters do like uh that character i was talking about earlier genji he's mainly like he's like an assassin kind of character mm-hmm. and he has like a, a slashing like a, a dashing slash attack with his sword but he can also like run up walls and stuff if you want to do that i just and, like have noticed and really enjoy and hope this keeps going as is a trending and first person shooters towards faster gameplay and i think uh, yeah, yeah yeah oh i was i was just gonna say if it if not fast it's mobile the game is very mobility heavy like how i said the the Junkrat character has a mind that you specifically use to like make yourself jump and like move you every character seems to have some sort of movement quality to them so like there's a healer who if you see a target that needs healing you can aim them aim at them hit shift and you'll fly to them like you'll like do a flying dash like show what i miss about old games i it right. seems like first person shooters for for a long ass time went from being mobility based with super wacky creative guns to being slow cover based with realistic based guns like like yeah even in halo starting from halo onwards your your characters just got much much slower jumps kind of became more horizontal and less vertical mm-hmm. and weapons required more spamming than precision i mean like still tactical spamming at that but but i the reason i bring this up is because i loaded up the new unreal tournament the other week oh, and yeah. it's fucking great and it plays really? like an old game but with some of the fantastic like most cutting edge new level graphics you've seen but mm-hmm. the your your enemy characters running around are zigzagging. They're like, I don't know, 10, 12 pixels tall, tiny ass little little targets. And then it's not how I, I it was just refreshing to see a game look brand new, but play in a drastically different fundamental interpretation of how FPS works than what we've gotten used to. And looking mm. at um New developments with uh, Cliffy B's Lawbreakers looks very, very similar. Super fast. I mm-hmm. well, that's why I was so asking. So maybe you'll like do multiplayer. Do multiplayer. I don't. I see. Single like player, I'm I don't know. done with it. Like I used to play Have in my school's it? library, and like there, it was a big network, so you, everyone was on this Quake server, and it had that similar type of gameplay, like from Quake and this other. I forgot this uh, this other game that came out uh, recently that was trying to be an esports that had kind of the same gameplay. But like, it, I I feel like I'm tired of that. I'm tired of the whole like jumping around and shooting rockets. Place you know having rocket placement for when they're gonna land and stuff yeah, like where that. The rocket launcher is the default weapon of choice. Yeah, right. I love yeah. that. Yeah, so I feel like why, I'm done do with you, it. Like I why do you I, hate I got scared now? because. I'm, I'm, I might review Doom and I'm like, uh, I hope multiplayer is not a big thing. I hope single player was like the main focus because I am not going to like the multiplayer. That seems to be the reception of the beta. People are a little disappointed that it doesn't play like classic Doom. The thing is, the irony, though, is that Doom was never built as a multiplayer game like Quake was. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the exactly. multiplayer mode was there. <laughs> I don't super want it. janky. And, but it was there and it was revolutionary at the time. But it also did not drive the core development for, oh, how how are we going to build the weapons and mm-hmm. the player's speed of movement and, and their jumping height and whatnot that they did take in Quake. So I 
it it seems like the general impression of the beta for the new doom is that it's more like halo than the modern halos are and yeah, like it's not halo. at all like old dooms hey, um, which sounds okay to me I, hang them <laughs> high rockets yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, halo was was fun sometimes in the right circumstances oh halo was amazing back then come on halo now. 2 was i i halo 1 multiplayer was kind of a clusterfuck on the pc but all halo pistols, 2 dude? No, was, no, was a good pistols? time land it parties had a good pistol, no. but they, they they nerfed the pistol for halo 2 even in the single player which was i think kind of a kind of a shame game. for the single player yeah halo halo was good Halo 3 is the best. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, I was going to change the subject, so go ahead if you're going to... Okay, okay, just... I, I feel like I'm not qualified to talk about the speed of Doom single player. Footage of the multiplayer looks fast. I like fast. Um, Adrian Carmack and John Romero posted a video where where they say they're up to something, and I feel like they might have just looked at footage of the single player of Doom, which looks kind of trash... And and they're like, oh, fuck this. We can do better, which is funny mm-hmm. because the multiplayer footage I saw of Doom looked like good old game. But the single player footage of Doom I've seen looks like bad new game. <laughs> but the impressions I get from the beta of the Doom multiplayer is that it feels like it's tacked on to some much more higher produced thing, which I guess is the single player. But God, that, that E3 footage they showed last year was drudgery. It was it was a chore to watch almost. <laughs> it was very red. Oh, it was so... Remember how everyone complained about Bloom and Brown in, like, 2008? Yeah. And here we are in 2016, literally eight years later, and and we have, like, the bloomiest, browniest doom of them all <laughs> coming out. Um, it was also really bothering me how you got, like, an eight, seven-second killing animation with the with the chainsaw when, when you're chainsawing through hordes of demon. It just, it just didn't look fast or fluid or i guess really the keyword is fun it looked like you stopped and go with every button press rather than mm. smoothly flowing one button press and blasting another. through a room really quickly with which, uh, uh, precision which, which, shots which is what doom was doom, yeah. doom needs yeah it's, it's I, what yeah. the new one real tournament I, is i love how this like kind of turned into a eulogy at the end <laughs> which doom needs um, I, I wanted to ask something about overwatch how is the okay. melee combat because i was playing through battleborn and it was uh-huh. like i'm way like don't you know those those like kind of low budget first person oh. games where you just see the animation of a character just wailing their arms back and forth uh-huh. Like, like kind of how the melee combat is. It doesn't feel as satisfying. And I was just like, kind of put me off. I was just like, oh, God. Um, um, well, does Battleborn have like melee characters, like characters that are primarily yeah. built melee? Okay. Um, Overwatch the melee character, the, it does actually. Oh, okay. Uh, so Reinhardt is a tank character with a big ass hammer. Um, Genji is not melee primarily, but his ultimate, uh, well, his, his dash attack is like one of his main kill moves and his ultimate, he pulls out like his, his special sword and he becomes melee. Um, there are a couple other characters that are, they're decent. Uh, melee. Like it feels satisfying. Like it, it has yes. that blizzard yes. money. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I uh, might have to try it out then. I mean, that's the, that's the thing I would relate it to, uh, TF2 with how it feels overall, but 
sprinkle in the the elements of like controlling a hero in a MOBA and being like, I have these abilities. They synergize. I can use them with other characters and we can like mount some cool, you know, plays like that's kind of how Overwatch feels to me. But it's the objectives and all the maps and everything feel like like Team Fortress 2 stuff, like push the cart or capture the points. Um, only gripe was a couple of the maps that I played in the beta could use some tweaking. There's one map called Hanamura, and it's like a like you know Japanese sort of like cherry blossom garden, and there's like this like cool Japanese architecture in it oh, and everything. That reminds me of middle school, and <laughs> <laughs> it uh, <laughs> it's a two point capture and uh, attack and defend. And so you have to capture the first point and it resets your timer to capture the second point. The if the defending team dies on when the uh, attacking team is attacking the first point, it's almost guaranteed that they get the point. And I'm saying like if like one or two people die, like the 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 points are spaced so far apart that if you die in that map, unless you're like Tracer and you have the speed to get back into the match, it's going to take you like 20 to 30 seconds to respawn and walk back to the fight. Ooh, that's Battlefield right there. Yeah, and that's the only map where it's like that. Other maps, you get back in the fight in like 10 seconds um, with your respawn timer. But like Hanamura is like notorious. Like you die and it's like, well, there, there goes the first point. It's over. Like, <laughs> um, Other than that, though, the other I, I know they have more maps and I'm hoping they're going to have a lot more maps on launch. Um so yeah, I, that was my only gripe. Everything else seemed fun, and I'm excited to get to know the other characters more because I only really played Junkrat after I discovered him because he was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Well, I, I guess I'll give it a try. I, I I've been looking for something to restore my love in FPSs, which I used to play FPS like all day when I was younger. Like it's that's uh, all I, I yeah, played. Same. same. Probably gonna be cheap. Which means we could all play it on the dead stream, actually. Well, it's if, it's uh forty. Oh, never mind. Well, that that's still like <laughs> it's it's high. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's people it's complain about I'm sixty dollars. You know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm in this forty dollars. Yeah, I, I just I just want to actually play. It's it's so weird when you have to like it's like okay, I don't want to buy this game unless I'm going to play it for like at least. Like, I don't know, a, a certain amount of hours, I guess. The, the way I described it to my friends when we were talking, because, you know, I'm a person who put in 400 plus hours in TF2, which I know some people are like, oh, casual, but shut the fuck up. It's 400 <laughs> hours. That's a lot of time to be playing one game. I don't care what game it is. Um, <laughs> sorry, people do that to me every time I talk about Monster Hunter and every time I talk about TF2, and I fucking hate it. Uh, well, I guess they have time. <laughs> Because I been, sure enough do not. <laughs> yeah, I've been feeling four hundred hours of a guy with a full time job. So after the the Gungeon review I put out, people were really angry that I had only twenty hours. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh my anyway, god. Anyway, moving on from that, before I start a war with the denizens of the deep web TF two community, um, yeah, I I described this to my friends that played TF two with me as the next multiplayer game that we're gonna sync like. Oh, hundred or more hours and i i say myself easily i'm gonna do that for overwatch well, if it if it plays as well and if it stays you know like if they have enough content like enough maps and stuff but with the hero lineup right now and the game modes i can play this for a long time 
All right. Anyway, I like, I like so the much. sound of pretty much everything you said. Like this sounds really promising <laughs> and kind of comfy. There's. I hope. I hope I don't let you down. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I tried a little bit of a. Uh, a little oh, bit of yes. uh, oh sorry no no well, no i was me, just gonna me. say i'm holding jimmy to my high expectations is all oh, right <laughs> careful george overwatch is a lot of fun i don't know if you're gonna enjoy that shut up i like fun <laughs> <laughs> what do i have to do to prove it with the <laughs> i actually you reviewed gungeon positively so i know right why does everyone think i was shitting on it well, I don't know. Just a few well, people. No, but. no. You definitely weren't crapping on it. You you definitely brung it back at the end, other than, like, you know, the other game you played, and you totally took a big dump on it. I mean, oh, man. I mean, I, diarrhea. I, okay, no. Like, honestly, so, I had more fun with Gungeon than I did Hyperlight. Like, uh, I mean, every time honest. I loaded up Gungeon, I had a smile on my face until the midpoint of the run, or when I just wanted to restart after getting hit on the first boss because. Why even bother with the rest of the run from that point on? But anyways, so on that topic, after Matt, after you get to say absolutely everything that you ever wanted to about all your games, because <laughs> we have not given you any time to talk so I'm, far. I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. After, after you do that, just remind me, just remind me Hyperlight Drifter, because I have a thing to say that's not related oh, to Hyperlight Drifter, yeah. but that's what reminded me of it. Oh, okay. I was okay. just going to say that I... I in the FPS world, I've played um, uh, the Gears of War four beta was out. And I know all you, the Ooh. gearheads, the, the two gearheads that are out there that listen to this podcast. <laughs> me, me and you, yeah, <laughs> that's it, that's it. Oh gosh, you know, like the the ones that actually play, like the ones that understand how competitive it can be, and you know right. the wall Why, bouncing and just like oh, mm, the satisfaction when it actually works and you would think that it's 2016 and they can get this thing working properly and i understand it's oh, a beta no. but <laughs> damn when it works it's it's amazing right but when it doesn't and your shotgun you know doesn't blast someone away and they're just taking extra shots and you know the regular gears crap that you've been dealing with for years after you know and unless you have a <laughs> land connection um you know if you're you're doing a land party like it's still there it's still there and it, only, it almost makes me not want to buy gears again i am totally a gears fan wow. like if, if there's any fps i love to death it's that game uh cliffy b ruined it but um it's fine i'll still Wait, buy really? it uh, yeah he, he's a bastard <laughs> Oh, if you're watching this, you're a bastard. For well, I, I won't disagree. I really don't like his blog, but um, I, I thought he he left after Judgment, which was like the first negatively received Gears game, and he even tweeted about how like, wow, they really, I had a good product going, and they really dropped the ball. Oh, they really dropped the ball? I mean, he's the one who brung the double barrel shotgun and told us to shut the hell up, that we should just get used to it. Maybe. What year he was that? He likes to say a lot of crap is, on his Twitter and show his girlfriend nude, basically. I, I, I don't like the guy. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> like the guy at all. If I meet him, I'll be like, dude, I don't like you, dude, but thank you for bringing Gears of War. What like, if he turns out to be happy and nice in person? I doubt he will be a PewDiePie. He just... I doubt. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he could he could work on his internet reputation. Anyways, um, and it, besides the personal thing, the thing is, uh, uh, which is respectable. That is also evident. Um, yeah. But okay, he he left Epic, I think, in 2011. 
So anything that happened from that point onwards, you cannot blame on Cliffy B. Um. Yeah. No, I'm just being an angry nerd. I'm just being an angry nerd and, and blaming also, it all on, on the director. Also, take you back to the past. I really like Unreal Tournament, <laughs> and that was another one of Cliffy B's babies. So, so I yeah. I, I um, reluctantly stick up for him sometimes because Unreal Tournament was the hype of shit. Um, yeah, I I'm just I'm just mad. Like Gears Four, I I I'm gonna I probably will buy it because just like uh, um un, the Ultimate Edition, the beta was a little wonky. And they fixed it, and Ultimate Edition is pretty damn good, even though the story only runs in 30 FPS, but it's okay, whatever. Oh, uh, like Xbox One garbage tech. They, I, I, and this whole new story that they're making modular, like, uh, Xbox and PS4s. I, maybe, I, man, whatever. We're going into something <laughs> else. Anyways, 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 I, 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 I yes. can, it, can it be on freaking Say Windows? It, don't spray it. Yeah, I am spitting right now all over my mic. Anyways, I'm done. I'm done before I get too angry and then go on a rant for about 10 minutes. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Gears 4, but, guys. But you you also play other games, though. You play Layers of Fear, as I'm reading in the notes right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're trying, to, you're, trying to, you're trying to empty me out. You're trying to milk me right now, huh? Uh, I, I just don't want to get milk. into my ranty topic until you say okay. your stuff. Well, well all right. All right. I, I'll, I'll be quick here. Layers of Fear. Don't be quick. I, be as long as you want. I... <laughs> I, you like it long, Jimmy? All right, so um, I... <laughs> Never mind, I let's talk about my topic, why don't we? <laughs> no, go um, ahead. Uh, I beat so, um, Salt, and it was a fantastic game. It is probably some of the best $18 I've spent. Ah, uh, yes. Um, nice. It, uh, it, I mean, some of the bosses I would think is opinion. easy. <laughs> vindication sweet sweet vindication this is this is george as superman like getting energy from the sun when friends after like the, the, after the kryptonite that was hyperlight drifter <laughs> well okay it's, it's rejuvenating it, it's a really good game the bosses were kind of easy sometimes but i mean it's mm, a two-guy team it was still fun as hell like really really fun um layers of fear I gotta say, probably one of the best horror games I played in a while, um, because it was, it wasn't. I don't know. It. I feel like it was different. The way it was designed. I don't know if any of you guys have played Layers of Fear. Uh, I, I know of it, and I have watched uh, Jim Sterling's Let's Play when he when it was like early access, I think. Mm-hmm. And of course, he he like you know made fun of it the whole time, but there was some legitimate design design decisions to make it very trippy and creepy yeah just subtle things i like very subtle things i mean it wasn't like oh scary all the way through but it was a it was a a better experience um compared to some of the other horror games that are just kind of like oh we're just gonna throw out a horror game like this one actually felt like it was doing something a little a little different i want to say new but different uh there's a lot of Things that if you move your camera off the screen, it will change the entire room. Yeah. And yeah, there's some really clever things like it will show you there's a light switch here. And when you go for the light switch, you turn around and something's missing. Like there's always this little subtle things that it's kind of like when you played um, when you play PT and Mm -hmm. things were being written on the wall and you could have totally missed it. 
just very subtle things, and it freaks me. It, it's really good. It's really I'm good. A there, huge yeah. there was, sucker for like camera placement. Oh gags yeah, same. horror games. Like though, I yeah. I will never think those are played out. Yeah, it's because it, I mean those in the end are one of the strongest tools for being in a game is leading someone to a spot and then like getting them to look in a specific direction and you could set up very very game only like visuals and scenarios and things that could happen where like in a movie someone would have to explain if they like walked into a room and then turned around they're like where's the door like but in a game you could just like have someone walk into a room and the door disappears and then they're like where the fuck did yes that's the, the stuff door? i like what what direction did i come from and then they can't find any door and then it's like that's real like that's confusion and fear happening to you mm-hmm. not like at not like you. looking in on and it that yeah. is layers of fear you don't hey. know where you're at you're being <laughs> you're being you're 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 like a rat in a a, a constantly moving maze basically Ugh. is what layers of fear is and and it's constantly going to throw like little things at you that will freak you out and it puts you on edge almost and you mm-hmm. like the journey is more fearful than like kind of like the jump scares there was there was I don't want to spoil anything just in case anyone is planning on playing it like because there's a mm-hmm. lot of good moments in there there was one time that I oh I'll always remember is in like near the beginning ish of the game you are you're you you naturally are pointed oh to go up the stairs or to and to turn on the light. So when you uh-huh. go to turn on the light, you um you turn around and a picture that was recently all the way on the wall is ex- right behind you. Mm. And it just drives you it like it scared the hell out of me to turn around <laughs> and that, cuz that's that's the type of feeling that you get when you're in your house and you're like wait a minute mm-hmm. I didn't put that there. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. And you get that you know that you know that load the blood tingles go all the way up to your head yeah that's the feeling there and layers of fear layers of fear is great is great and i i say a thumbs up if you want a horror game that's that's a little bit different than the you know the scary monster chasing you this is definitely something you should check out that's it i'm good to hear uh so real quick i got a curveball to throw to you guys Ooh. Okay. <laughs> you should I'm see the, my back. I wish you could hear the shit eating grit on my face right now. But before we get into <laughs> other news topics, good good vision. They added iframes to Hyperlight Drifter. Oh. <laughs> Why? I I don't I guess after like mounting d- d- criticism over the game being too hard, the the developers decided the best way to address that would be given a few iframes during your uh, first you guys are few a bunch frames of, of dash. Scrubs. You guys are a bunch of scrubs. What, what do you mean by you guys? I, re- I actually whoever really... wanted this. I was <laughs> I, wondering. I was. I'm. 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 Yeah. Let's playing it right. Um. I'm watching a friend let's play, it, and I see him dashing through an enemy, and I'm like, wait a minute. Why is that happening? And I didn't well, think about it until it. you said it right now. But they, yeah, they did uh, change it in the update to give you a few iframes during dashing, which is something that, like, I mean, I don't know. I know I, this has, like, become a thing. And, and I was swearing the whole time. I don't think the game's that bad. I really like mm-hmm, how you didn't have iframes bad. during dodging. It, 
Yeah, I didn't think it was necessary. I never had a problem. I like really. I was just like, oh, if I dash through through the hurdy things, it hurts me. I I will just not do that then. Yeah, like Game I had to relearn, learned. like re understand how dashing in games works because you usually have iframes, and here you didn't, and I appreciated and enjoyed the learning process of of like re-strategizing where to put that dash in in the middle of a combo if you want to talk about iframes we could talk about salt and how the dash doesn't work sometimes or the roll doesn't Oof. work sometimes and it's incredibly buggy as hell we could talk about really? that really? since you like salt so much how the, so how the you, freaking but... iframes in that stupid roll doesn't work most of the time well, well of, you don't of, of, rely of, on them. You, you use them to roll through an enemy, and yeah, no, I get. But whatever, I had. <laughs> I, I still had I still more love, fun in other I games, still, but no. Okay, let, let let's let let's talk about what Jimmy wanted to talk about. Okay. Oddly enough, we came back to Hyperlight Drifter anyway, so it, it reminded me of the thing. Um, so when we first had our little uh, heated discussion on Hyperlight Drifter, oh, yeah. George talked about Dark Souls 1 and the fact that like Dark Souls 1 also puts you out in in like a, you can go anywhere, but some areas are harder than others thing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I played Dark Souls 1 for the first time Ooh. the other day mm -hmm. and I uh, subsequently uninstalled it, but. <laughs> Uh, cause I, I, when I played it first, it was games with windows live was fucking it up and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. Some of that stuff is fixed now. And so it's more playable for a person like me. So I go in and I start playing it, having a good time. I played the little, little like dungeon that you start in. Thought that was great. The boss wasn't too difficult. Uh, but like, I like, I understood like why it would be hard for someone like, you know, to learn them, but I got it. Like I, I got it down pretty quick. No problem. Go through the thing, come out the side, whatever, talk to all the people who are mean to you because they're like, ah, now they're undead or whatever the fuck. Um, and that guy who's sitting there, that, that, that the bitch boy who's just, knight. whatever the fuck, bitch boy is what I remember him as. He was like, you said something to the effect of, there's two bells to ring. One of them is up at top of the church. Or if you're really a masochist, you can go into the underground or whatever. And so I was like, cool. So what you're saying is the next logical progression of the game is go up to do the easier thing and then go down to do the harder thing. Yeah. Sounds good. So I go up and I'm like, it, it, it kind of all looks the same because it's just like stone and grass, whatever. I'm like five steps away from the start. No big deal. Talk to this like guy and he's part of the White Coven. Cool. So White Coven standing like a little chapel area, totally the church. So, Okay. Uh, here's some stairs. Go up again. I am now as up as I can go. Uh, what's this? Little hole thing in the ground? This is probably the way I go. So I drop down the hole, find some enemies. Tight. I'm going the right way. I am going up to ring the bell at the church. Apparently not, says somebody else who explained this to me afterwards. Because I went to a graveyard and the skeletons there fucked me the fuck up. And I was like, if this is the easy area one like way, I don't want to do this. Because those guys took fucking 12 hits to kill. And I'm like, I get that the combat is, like, patient. But this is just boring. Because I'm just backing up and shielding and waiting for them to swing. And then hitting them, but they're not dying. Because they have big health bars. And I don't understand why well, that's dark it looks souls. like the most... Well, that's not, though. Because... Apparently, I'm told that I was going the wrong way. And that that's, like, a way farther area that I shouldn't have gone to yet. But it seemed like completely the correct direction. And also they were like 
basic skeleton 001 with like default sword and shield, no armor, just bones. And they were like destroying me because they just had too big of health bars. And someone told me that it's it's not that. It's a bit different way, but No, but I don't know, no, man. No, no, but I mean, you remember what George was saying? Like this doesn't happen in Dark Souls, right? Right? Hyperlight Drifter? We're going the right no, way. No, I, I said right? it doesn't go. Doesn't go the right way. I mean, it happened to me in Dark Souls too as well. I end up going to the castle place, whatever, where there's a bunch of hard people. Of uh, uh, I went right, right after the bonfire thing, and you get into the hub area. I went to the mm-hmm. right and went all the way up, and I had the same experience. And I just like trucked through it, and I ended up at a boss, and I was like, no. I am definitely going the wrong way and had to go all the way yeah. back around. And don't take this as me like calling George out or anything. This is not meant for that. I don't even think that lines up with what I'm trying to say. But it was just very weird that like, as far as I understood, I went the exact way that the game conveyed to me was like the easiest way to go and probably the most hopeful. And Mm-mm. someone was like, no, the, the going up to the church is a completely different direction. I was like, it's I'm on a hill and one way is up. Like what other direction was there to fucking go? There's, so but I'm gonna reinstall it and try it again. Skeletons but like they're on a downward incline. After you go all the way up the hill to get to them, like you don't know that there's a downward incline until you like drop but into I know, that little I know pit. exactly what you're talking about, and the hill that you're talking about is like nothing compared to the hill. Like if you turn around and look, you'll see this huge like mountain pathway leading up to the top of an aqueduct. That is a much, much sharper incline upwards than the downward incline that these skeletons are on. And that's that's where you go. And what I was saying. So what what you're saying is I dropped down in the correct spot, but I needed to turn around and go up another staircase behind the good spot. I don't really know what you mean by dropping down either. I went up a staircase after the guy who was in the white coven. Okay. There was like a ledge and then there's like a little cave and two little archways and you could drop like yeah, five feet yeah, down. It seems like you're describing the ruined church that the bonfire is located at. And yes. when the crestfallen knight tells you to go to a cathedral at, up upwards, he's not talking about the ruined church that he is like sitting on the foothill stairs of. He's, he's talking about something that requires a journey to get to. Well, he doesn't really indicate that. And also, can I just say the differences between up to the church and up to the cathedral are very, very slight. I just want to point that out, <laughs> that my experience with Dark Souls was very misleading so far. I'm going to try again, but wait, because I enjoyed up to that point. I think I remember you saying that you did try it earlier when in the Games for Windows Live days. I never got out of the, the dungeon area. Oh, I thought you got to the undead I, berg, which is where those ramps upwards lead to but no i i I killed the boss of that area went to the bonfire and i couldn't handle the fucking games with windows live shit anymore because it kept fucking up my game yeah yeah okay so yeah basically what you do is go up the hill instead of down once you start seeing enemies that are clearly over leveled past your character back away and feel out different routes and that's what I'm saying. Like, like the whole game's open to you in the beginning. If you're super cocky and, and douchey, you can run through those skeletons and like get to the end game zone super fast and just dodge everything as you sprint through them. But since you're not, you're going to have to do it legit. Right. But what I'm saying is 
I feel that it was poorly conveyed through the guy, the guy talking to you that up to the cathedral did not mean up to the you know church and it was you do go up a hill and staircases before you get to the skeletons the skeletons are on a decline after you go up a hill so the directions i f- felt like i followed were very misleading and i know that's that's a, a dark souls thing that's why they have like an amulet that does nothing but it's meant to like make you think it does something but it actually just does fucking nothing also but, keep in mind it's a like kind of low budgeted game translated from japanese by not a very well-budgeted localization effort on top of already being really, really vague and uh, under conveying everything by design. Like, like you're dealing with that as well as what is also becoming obvious in Dark Souls 3. Like, not a super strenuous translation effort. Mm. I mean... Anyways, I, I just wanted to, just wanted to say that. <laughs> I just want to say my piece. We'll report back later with more Dark Souls breaking news. <laughs> do, 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 do. I don't know. Like, all right, yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna say anything. It, it, it seems like Dark Souls to me. Like that. That's just is an open world crazy game where you're gonna get your behind shoveled well, if you go the wrong direction until you get to an area that you can actually go through. Right, but in any other context, uh, let's throw the words Dark Souls out the window. In any other context, would you not agree that a skeleton? with no armor, with the most basic of weapons, does not look like a particularly threatening presence in any RPG. Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm not disagreeing. I, it's, okay. it's absolutely misleading, but, like, I mean, it's Dark Souls, you know? <laughs> you know, like, it, when you the say it's Dark Souls, line. you know, it means, like, <laughs> any criticism against Dark Souls, it doesn't matter. Like, what? Yeah. No. What? Something's wrong? That it's should, misleading? That should, no. Actually, that should actually be, like, the tagline. Dark Souls, colon, it's Dark Souls. If you got a problem, get good, son. That's, that's, <laughs> that, there it is. Exactly. Why, why is that so controversial? It, I don't know, man. Um, I'm not gonna talk about Hyperlate, but, uh, let's go. Let's, uh, Oof. let's, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see okay. you, uh, after, After this the break. Should I just play the the tribes theme again during the break this <laughs> <Yes>. week? <laughs> okay, that's canon. It's happening again. Tribes. <laughs> tribes. 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 Wow. <laughs> the wow is really like, yeah. like the icing on the tribes it really cake. Sell, it really sells how good the game is. Wow.
<laughs> Do we just want to like roll in talking about the tribes theme? Sure, we're already in. Okay, okay, we're in. Um, news time. Do you guys remember what game politics is? No, or was no really actually never never heard of that. Okay, god damn, it's just me then. All right, so in, in <laughs> George news, uh, there was this blog called Game Politics that launched in 2005 around the time the hot uh, hot coffee San Andreas controversy was going on, and they turned it into like a really really like good powerful force for um covering the the legislative efforts of american governments and politics and how they were trying often almost always unsuccessfully to regulate and legislate the video games industry starting with with coverage of the hot coffee san andreas rockstar Mm game scandal moving on to uh uh Coverage and implications of EA having a monopolistic stand on NFL games through through their licensing deal with the Madden franchise, which led mm. to a successful class action lawsuit. And they also really, really got on Jack Thompson's bad side, which may or may not have led to him being disbarred. Like from 2005 to 2008, this was a really, really good blog. But then the editor left and they really haven't been uh, doing so much. um original editorials from that point onwards is just reporting on other people's news and in early april they decided they're going to close down that they're just like partially not needed as much anymore after the uh 2011 lawsuit that that decided that video games have first amendment protection but also because the editor who launched it and like really cared is just kind of gone mm-hmm. so yeah game politics is is shutting down why uh, uh, GameStop you. is launching a full publishing division Whoa. called game trust and this like <laughs> kind of like scares mm. the hell out of me even They're though it makes a lot there, of huh? sense business-wise yeah exactly like with uh, digital marketplaces really dominating the way people get their right. games nowadays GameStop's brick and mortar retails should be on the decline i don't think they are no but this seems like a move where they are seeing the writing on the wall and want to be prepared for when it happens which is still kind of they want to yeah yeah they want to be prepared when uh gamestop pre-order exclusives start phasing out well that's what scares me about them launching a publishing house like what kind of more bullshit are they going to do with this publisher while still desperately clinging on to their stores while they're still profitable? And how sad is it going to be when they finally do have to close down and all those people need to find new jobs? I, I just want them to be another they blockbuster might and it just fade into the background. They're like, oh, you remember like GameSpot? GameStop? You remember yeah, that? But, but think about how you, many YouTubers are going to start competing with us then. You know what's interesting is, um, speaking of blockbuster, right when blockbuster was going out, they tried to compete with Netflix, remember? And it yeah. didn't work. They were really bad. Yeah. They did like a, a like a blockbuster like mail-in service like Netflix had before Netflix became all digital. Or not all like digital, but 10% like ten percent of more. the selection and a week yeah. extra waiting right. time. Also Blockbuster. But um I like would it be interesting if this publishing move is a similar uh death throws indication for gamestop maybe i guess the problem is is that gamestop doesn't have to 
really be that desperate right now. Like I said, there's not a rash of GameStop stores closing across the country. I mean, everyone assumes there will be, so they have to branch out. But yeah, I guess I guess they're they're better off doing it now rather than later. But yeah, the the reason why this scares the shit out of me is because of the uh, well, as I mentioned earlier with EA and Madden, like it's almost of course, it's not with the state of the industry being as diverse and healthy as it is. But if the game industry was not as diverse and healthy as it is, this would almost be kind of a monopolistic move, like the implications of a retailer being in control and partnered with the the developers of the products that they're selling is not really economically healthy at the micro scale for other industries like this is why 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 walmart is able to extort farmers into Ugh. horrible um um profit gouging deals where where basically the farmers have to undercut their own profits in order to be be able to have their stuff that, stocked that's at, why at they certain retailers that's why the farmers give them like rubbish fruit and vegetables. And you know what? Actually, on a more related level, this is why GameStop uh, pre-order bonuses, which we love to complain about, are so pervasive in the first place. They're striking these deals and now they have an actual publisher that is going to have even more of an outlet to be striking more of these deals and, and kind of pushing more of that down down our throats People's at the same thoughts, time. Man. Uh they have Oof. signed on a couple already established developers ready at dawn who you might remember as the the order 1886 people insomniac frozen bite tequila <laughs> works tequila did tequila what, what, what did they do deadlight rhyme i've heard of rhyme um rhyme is an r-i-m -E. yeah uh, yeah I've heard, I, of I've heard the name i can't really picture the the game but yeah kind of like middle of the road single double a developers that and in the case for, for for ready at dawn making these eight hour cinematic adventures i feel like they've always needed a different kind of distribution method you mm -hmm. know what i would want to see happen i would want to see some kind of digital rental market open up that's not playstation now yeah yeah well, for sure. uh, absolutely does gamefly do that or gamefly mails yeah. stuff to you doesn't yeah. it like oh. like but also in that case the order 1886 it was like a horrible purchase but it was not an incompetently made game it was just like the most average of thing it was something pretty to gawk at for like a day i red boxed it for two dollars played through the majority of it and for that deal it was like fine i can't complain and mm -hmm. i feel like if uh if games like the order 1886 existed in a time where the rental market was still alive and well, as it was back in the day when old resident evil games lasted about as long as that one did, then, then it wouldn't be dealing with such harsh criticism. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, it'll be weird to see like really good games come out of game trust be like adult swim even and like the name Death's gambit coming out from adult swim it's like it's just weird it's just like what adult swim makes games like i don't know but but at least it's like called something wacky and fun like adult swim game right. trust is like borderline orwellian yeah. implications sounds like, like a loan <laughs> it sounds like a loan bank 
the there there was the old trust busting endeavors in the late 1800s of of the government trying to break up all the horrible monopolies that were making the Victorian era so hard to live in, and they they were called trusts, and this thing's called a game trust. And of course, it's not going to be as bad, but it's still like another funny, hilarious stumble of of the big budget side of the industry taking towards. I don't like this guy's yeah. face. Can I say that? I don't Wait, like this what? guy's face at all. This guy's face. <laughs> his face. His face. He looks oh. too happy, man. He looks too at happy. the top of top of the, the GameStop. Yeah, article yeah, yeah. Thing? I, I'm not saying he shouldn't be happy. It's just I don't know, man. Well, wait, wait, wait. Who kind of is looks it? like Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> who who is who's Ted Cruz? No, who's the face? It, it's in the okay, it's a guy uh, named Stanley. Yeah, but listeners aren't going to oh. know that. that. That's that's a very Stanley face. I would say that. Yeah. Mark yeah. Stanley, VP of Internal Development and Diversification. I don't know. He just looks like a guy to me. Oh, look at that hairline. That's what I'm going to look like in a couple of years. Mm. You already look like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just gotta just gotta master the, the yeah, see that see that like swipe left and right down the natural part he has. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I think you're 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 looking way better than he is, especially with that that rooster haircut. Oh, thank you, Matt. You're such a good friend. <laughs> I didn't. I almost jumped your bones when you came out my bathroom. I well, like how not, no one has the context for that, but we're just gonna let's, move let's, on. Let's not tell the tell the listeners too much. Speaking of uh, no context and um, Oof. what's the next topic? Ken Levine's next project is going to be an interactive Twilight Zone movie thing. Wow. Okay. Which sounds fun. I will admit, it also sounds like the most Ken Levine thing ever. <laughs> so yeah, you guys, you guys know Ken Levine, right? Bioshock yeah. creative director. Yeah. He is. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. He. Um, <laughs> have you ever heard an interview with Ken Levine? No. He uh, talks in a really low-pitched, gravelly voice like this, trying to uh, sell you hard on how how edgy and provocative the next um, dystopic sci-fi thriller he comes up with is is going to be. He he really wants Come on. to. So he sounds like the Twilight Zone guy because that's what the Twilight Zone guy sounds like. Kind of like like Rod Sterling. <laughs> Rod Sterling's like more higher pitch, but that's why I think this sounds like the most Kid Levine ever. He says You're about to enter a game. <laughs> this is an actual quote from him regarding this Twilight Zone project. Playing my games, you can probably tell Twilight Zone is something I grew up with. They speak to a larger truth. Their morality plays fables, and often they're about a character who is going through an experience that's central to their life, but also speaks to a large part of the human condition. Mm. So, creative director of Bioshock, working on a Twilight Zone interactive movie thing brought up by a uh, company called Interlude, who previously did an interactive music video version of Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone, and also Mm. a promotional Coca-Cola Hulk Ant-Man Super Bowl commercial thing. And I'm, I wish, I wish I played with like a hands-on demo for how this stuff works so I could understand what exactly the interactive Twilight Zone movie thing is going to be. Yeah. Because it's seen, according to the article, 
that the Wired article that I'm pulling my news from, it says that Interludes technology lets users seamlessly move between multiple streams of video. Having the guy behind Bioshock be in control of some interactive video version of campy sci-fi horror like the Twilight Zone. I, I don't that sounds like fun. That sounds actually really appropriate, like a good person to get on that project. Mm. Like, like you can say what you want about Bioshock infinite or just bioshock itself i I feel like those problems kind of got bogged down by how big of a project they were but doing an interactive episode of the twilight zone where where the viewers expectations are played with via twists that sounds right up this guy's alley Hmm. he's really good at that stuff even say what you will about the games ken levine's really good at twists twists twilight zone is all about the twists is it? Yeah. Is it? Is no. I'm no. not saying is Twilight Zone about the twists. Is it just me? Was what I was gonna say. Or does every like named developer, like every developer that has that it, like people know like by name, like Cliffy B, Ken Levine, Peter Molyneux, whatever, have like a very distinct voice and way of speaking? Yes. I is there like is there a single one of them that just like talks like a regular person? Like like in like indistinct Landon like just Polanski? like kind of a. Well, I mean, I'm I'm talking about like AAA developers. Not that Duck Game isn't AAA quality, because it definitely is. More so, I would say. But I'm saying like definitely not people Todd. at like multi-million dollar. Todd Howard. Todd, Todd sounds like he's going to seduce you. Yeah, Todd Howard, I I'm, think, is distinct. I want to say Tim Kane. He seems like just a vanilla guy. <laughs> Uh, obsidian <laughs> exactly uh, yeah probably exactly someone who doesn't market his personality as hard as his games yeah um anyways yeah he's speaking of marketing their Gate. games dark souls 3 producer namkai bando must have done a great job marketing that game <laughs> because it's their fastest selling game ever which what? is surprising it doesn't usually happen at number threes of franchises, but the video game industry doesn't really follow the rules of other franchises. Fucking Metal okay. Gear Solid 5 is the highest selling Metal Gear Solid game, and that's like number five. Hang on. Yeah. I just want to. Yeah. You've been saying this for like two weeks, and I thought it's I think it. Am I mispronouncing it, something that I don't know I'm mispronouncing? It's Bandai Namco. <laughs> it is. It is Bandai Namco. You you have an out right now. If you say it's a joke, I'll believe you. No, it's Namkai Bando. <laughs> <laughs> the actual company is Bandai Namco. No, it's what are you talking? What's Bandai Namco? Go on, I, just I, fucking I kinda, do, the, I think do the thing. We, Dark Souls Three sold fast. I think we can, um, you know, really give credit <laughs> to the pizza rolls, Pete pizza rolls, uh. Um, the cross promotion that was happening there. The, uh, Praise uh, the rolls. You saw slashy, that? Slashy Souls um, iPhone oh. minigame. Yeah, really, really knocked it out of the park with that one. No, no. The, the pre orders no, spiked. It was the pizza rolls, man. Pizza rolls. They, there you go. Dude. If they. I would actually like. <laughs> that's what that's what the picture says i swear really i swear it was, look it at really? chat probably the uh the 80s cartoon commercial that they uh they like, they, they did the, 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 like, okay this is not it. this is not a real ad okay i thought it was a real fucking dude, ad dude, dude, dude that is a Slashy real Souls ad. is real that is a real ad 
Those Dinos, that dude. Is... Those Dinos. That's real, dude. That's legit. That is. That is the that company is who picture... makes the pizza rolls. That is a picture of somebody from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> With Photoshop. With, with Photoshop. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Though, real talk, if there was some like shitty sellout DLC for Dark Souls 3 where you can, where your Estus flasks turn into pizza rolls, 10 out of 10 would buy instantly. I'll forego Overwatch to play Pizza That's Souls. That's like the Sonic the Hedgehog level uh, Twitter message right there. Yeah. <laughs> And it has, and he has a picture of Sonic and a pizza roll in this one too. Oh my gosh! He does. Oh my gosh! If you scroll down farther, April nineteenth, there was a tweet. Don't let this happen to you. Stock up on pizza rolls before hashtag four twenty. Hashtag better when baked. Great, dude. Tostinos, dude. <laughs> Tostinos, dude. Wow, we, follow. Uh, we really to, went off the fucking rails. Tostinos pizza rolls are my <laughs> favorite microwave mood. They're the the favorite fruit of Ward's Jeedman. While we're talking about, <laughs> about Namkai Bando's fastest Warge. selling game launch ever, Sark Dolls. Sark Dolls. Uh, I... Sark Dolls, everybody. This is the kind of quality content that you come to the TOVG podcast for. I, I, the, the VOTG podcast. I also would like to return us to a previous topic of weeks past. This is the big news of the season, obviously, maybe the year. But the uh, the the slay patient four point five five point four is uh is is <laughs> being further verified by um giant bomb. Yeah, we we have. I'm sorry if no one's following this running joke right now. It's not a very good one. We have Austin Walker and and Jeff Gertzman swearing that I, it's real just like i, Gers, I had to look at those names on the screen to see if you were saying them forwards or or reversed it's like austin walker Austin walker which was the right one austin walker has a source somewhere way up in his connections he gave him all sorts of uh secret documents spilling the beans on this on this hot scoop uh, throughout the document, Sony repeatedly reminds developers that the frame rate of games in uh, the special mode for the PS4.5 must meet or exceed the frame rate of the game in the original PS4 system. The idea seems to be they want to push out a more expensive version of the console that more or less lines up with a uh, to to play an alternate version of the same game with like just basically better graphic settings. But they also have to play smoother or equal to the frame rate of the original version. The new PlayStation 4.5 is, according to these documents, called Neo, <laughs> the PS4 mm. Neo, which, oh. of course, could change during official reveal and maybe an official launch. I mean, the Wii was the revolution for a good long while. A better name. I, I agree. Um, but also <laughs> Wii like is super distinct and everyone loved, yeah. loved to giggle about it. And that definitely helped them. But I know so the, the information in here is a little a little bit reassuring though it still sounds like a clusterfuck of a project but uh austin walker says there will be no neo only games sony will not let developers separate the neo user base from the original ps4 players while playing on psn and also in the marketing of their projects sony explicitly and repeatedly states that developers cannot offer exclusive gameplay options or special unlockables for ps4 neo players either 
the uh, PS4 and Neo versions of a game will need to have parity with regard to peripheral support. So don't expect Neo games to have exclusive VR modes, which if I remember, it was like one thing we could agree on would be an actual acceptable route out of trying to put out a like half step generational iteration this time. I think uh, I think, well, what they're saying is they can't have exclusive VR modes where I think what we were saying was the processing power can help the VR modes run better. Mm -hmm. Like run passively be the case if it's the same VR on both platforms. Mm. It sounds more like an expansion pack for the N64, except that was $50 and this will probably be 400, you know, get a little bit more resolution, a little more frame rate. It's a full on Wait a minute, it's a full-on console or add-on? It's a full-on console. console. Oh, for the same price that it came out with. I'm guessing ago. it would be reasonable to estimate they would launch the PS4.5 the same price they launched well, the PS4. Wait for GameStop to have those trade-in deals? Oh, <laughs> you mean you mean Game Trust with their Game Trust? hot new The Order 1886? Yes, I, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Oh man, I hope Ratchet and Clank doesn't get roped in on this. I'm really looking forward to playing the new Ratchet and Clank, by the way. I've heard it's very good. Yeah, it got good reviews, and I got a code, and uh, as soon as I crank away at Dark Souls and fucking Minecraft Story Mode, after that, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing Ratchet and Clank. Oof. I've been wanting to test out Minecraft Story Mode to see if it's actually good. Oh, I just, whether it's good or not, it's going to make for a hilarious video, which is the idea. All right, last but not least, we're going to wrap up with a story about how Microsoft is wrapping up their production of the Xbox 360 console. After 10 years, they are no longer going to be rolling these things out of assembly lines. Uh, so if you want to buy an Xbox 360 from now on, it's going to have to be used. Also, yeah, the Xbox one has backwards compatibility compatible with, with yep. some games. As soon as they do that, all of them metal like gear, Solid Capcom two is not backwards compatible. MGS collection. Let's do it. Where's it at? Microsoft get, get it together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even though the Xbox yeah. one is kind of like, you know, the Xbox 360 anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> same frames <laughs> okay stamper um the, they're not going to be discontinuing the xbox live service for the xbox 360 uh yeah server support for the games are going to remain online and active gamers will be able to continue to buy over 4360 games or 360 accessories while supplies last and they're still gonna run out support yeah no they're just just stopping production which seems like the right time to honestly yeah it just doesn't seem like that big of i mean it's news but like it's also not not bad news like even though it is oh they're stopping a thing they've been doing for 10 years like yeah it's old tech 10 10 years is a long time for a game console and i'd really like it if this gen is 10 years because that's a mm. uh, good good protection for the consumer. <laughs> it's already old, my friend. It's already old. Yeah. It was old when By this it came gen, out. you mean VR or something? God, you're kind of right, because they uh, pulled was... profits on consoles this gen rather than selling at loss. Mm. Anyways, uh, yeah. that's what we got for today. It's kind of weird that we're like wrapping up this uh, 10-year anniversary. Good job, 360. Clap your hands together. It's, it's That's a wrap sort of thing when and that's not really a bad story but 
I still feel like I'm just looking at the the dark side of life all the time. Because this is 10 Always years since we've been doing the podcast. Side of life. Happy <laughs> anniversary. <laughs> I don't want to whistle into my mic because it probably clip. Uh, well, I, guys. I, I ruined another thing. No, yours didn't clip. I mean, mine would. I don't have a good mic. What, what, oh. what, are, you, what are you saying, Jimmy? Your mic is fine. I can hear you clearly. Always look on the bright side of my mic. And here's when we go off the rails. 360 yeah. no scope. Shit. <laughs> the way the delivery on that was great. <laughs> I'll, I'll give that an A plus bush. <laughs> uh, bush out of bush. Bush that, out of bush. Is that your rating system? 10 bushes yeah. out of one bush. That's a wow, that's a good ratio. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd do colors. Like like green bush colors. would be the best and red bush would be the worst. Oh, Whoa. I thought you were gonna say like like <laughs> green out of purple or something, and I was no, no, like, blue would be yeah, the that make it. <laughs> Okay. I'm done. It's, it's like it's like the, the, the terrorism <laughs> alert scale. <laughs> Except with the bush. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Tell your mom about us or something. <laughs> um, I'm... Mm, yeah. <laughs> Good one, Matt. <laughs> Got him. <laughs>
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.